Journey to Organization, Episode 72. Tashlich and why throwing it into the ocean isn't so great. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman. Advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today we're going to talk about listener questions, but also Tashlich. Before I do that, I was wondering, summer vacation's over and the Chagim have started. Do you feel organized? You know, when summer vacation starts, our kids are very excited. It's two whole months of fun, but for some people, that is awful. I mean, two months of changing schedules and then getting back into the school routine and then getting out of the school routine because of the Chagim and then getting back into the school routine when the Chagim are over, it can be a little overwhelming. Some of you might even be disappointed that summer vacation is over because maybe you thought that, you know, your kids would be off at camp and you would have a little bit more free time than with school uh, and you would use that time to organize and that didn't happen and you didn't have enough time or energy. You tried, but you just, you couldn't get enough done. Either way, I want to invite you to make this year the last year that you have to feel this way. Make 5779 the year of organization. After Sukkot, you can join me with my new course, my starting again course, Conquer Your Clutter. And it is a 10-week challenge course where every week you get a challenge. And for every challenge you complete, you get $300 or For every challenge you complete, you get $30 back, totaling up to $300. Sorry about that. You can register at RebeccaSaltzman.com. And if you sign up before the 21st of September, you will automatically get $100 off the course. No kubanko needed. It'll just automatically, magically happen at the checkout. It is a superly, hugely successful program for participants. They make so much progress. So if you want to make 5779 the most organized year yet, please join me at RebeccaSaltzman.com and join Conquer Your Clutter. And if you don't feel that you can do it, that's fine too. Just keep listening to the podcast. Keep talking to me. Keep sending me questions. Keep letting me know where your issues are. uh, And I'll still be here almost every week. (laughs) I do my best to try to get a podcast out every week. Some weeks, as you know, it doesn't always happen. But for the most part, um, on uh, Wednesday, you can hear a new episode. If you have any questions about Conquer Your Clutter, just feel free to leave me a message or send me an email at Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com and I'll answer you as fast as I can. And if you have any other questions, you can also reach me there. Today I want to talk about Rosh Hashanah, specifically Tashlich. So for those of you that don't know, Tashlich is a short prayer service where you discard your sins. And when I was a kid, it was... I don't know, it was a fun time, you know? The whole community would walk together to Sligo Creek Park near our our shul, and it was packed with people, and people would come with bags of bread to throw away, uh, symbolically throw away their sins with the bread. And after the creek was so full of bread, (laughs) it's 
shocking that any water could actually flow over it. Uh, some years the creek was dry, and so that was always, uh, you know, a problem if the creek was dry. But it usually had enough water flowing that it, it wasn't a it wasn't a problem. But you know, as a kid, you go to the creek and it's like something, it's it's not somewhere we ever really went during the year, Stam. Like, we just only went there to say Tajlich. And, you know, here in Israel, um, I can see the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, the Yam, as we call it, uh, from my balcony. <laughs> and it's great and it's beautiful. Um up here in the Carmel Mountains, you can see the sea. Um, at our at our Beit Knesset, at our shul, you can also see the sea from 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 the shul, especially from the women's section. You can definitely see it there. Um, but the men, they all go outside to the steps that are next to the shul, and it looks right out onto the sea. And they go out and they say Tashlif there. And the thing for me is, even though I, I'm past the point where you know we're throwing bread into the creek <laughs> anymore, that 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 fila service never really had a connection for me. I, I really, um, I, it didn't, I didn't connect to it. So this morning I went to the Yom myself. <laughs> I got in my car and I drove down the mountain to the beach and I stood there and it was my first time doing that. I've never done that in the four years that I've lived in Israel. And I've never said Tashlich had such a large body of water before, certainly not because, you know, I grew up saying it at a creek. But um, it was it was a really moving experience for me. And I didn't even bring any bread to throw anything away. But the thing that made me sad about the experience was when I looked around the beach, I could see that there was a lot of trash. And I guess over Rosh Hashanah, people had gone camping on the beach, and they didn't all clean up after themselves. Now, it was mostly um, bottle caps. Actually, honestly, that's mostly what I saw. There were some water bottles, and there were some other m- miscellaneous trash, but there was actually, like, whole fruits and vegetables sitting on the side. Like, it was very, very sad. Um, and I just felt like, why? 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 Why does that why does that happen? Why do people feel like leaving their trash behind right there and then and there is okay because it's not okay? And a lady called me this week <clears throat> and she said that she listened to last week's episode and thought that it wasn't right of me to make my son not wrap his books in plastic that it wasn't right that I should make him feel different. She said I shouldn't make us it was part of my core beliefs, like something they really just couldn't violate. And you didn't leave your name, but it is against my core beliefs. And I think for those of you who are listening for a while now, you you know that. It's to me, it is a breach of halacha to, to use what we don't need. And the reason why I think that, I'll explain in as I go along here, but... To me, and, I, and I've said this before, is that trash, when we throw trash in the garbage can and then take it out to the garbage can, the bigger garbage can, and then the trashmen come and take it away, it's a way, it's, it's away from us. We're throwing away the trash, but we have to be understanding about where our trash goes. Now, a lot of that trash that was left on the beach is going to get blown up 
into the water and animals are going to eat it. And I think what's happened to me um, over the last few years that now that I live near two different ecosystems, like a mountain ecosystem and a water ecosystem, um, because here in Haifa, we have wild boars that live in the valleys. No they are not that they really are dangerous. They come definitely nights eating the plastic week, on their and hunt they because people here in Israel definitely don't take recycling seriously, even though in Haifa we have a pretty extensive recycling system and there's loads and loads of plastic garbage mixed in with regular trash. And the fact that an animal is eating plastic is, is sad to me. Um, it's it's just sad. And the thing is, is that there are two mitzvot that I feel that we really don't pay a lot of attention to. And the first one is baltashrit, don't waste. And the other one is sar balechayim, don't cause, don't cause harm to animals. And again, if you've been listening to me for a while, again, I'm going to say this again, sorry, but when we throw away our trash, Again, it goes away from us, but it goes somewhere, right? So where does it go? It goes to the landfill. Depending on what state you live in, it might get shipped to another state to be buried in the landfill there. In Israel, oftentimes our trash gets shipped out of the country because we don't have the facilities to handle the trash or the recycling. Um, and, you know, a shocking statistic that I read was that Americans and Israelis are actually producing the same amount of trash, uh, between four and seven pounds per person. And that's just a staggering amount of trash produced daily per person. And, you know, I, I have no doubt that all of you are trying to dispose of your trash in the least harmful way possible, but even the best laid plans don't always work. I'll give you an example. They have trash bags all down the Tayelet, all down the promenade at the boardwalk, at the beach, and you can drop your trash into the plastic bags. But if one good strong wind blows, the plastic bags go whipping everywhere and all the trash ends up all over the beach. And no doubt it ends up in the water where the animals eat it and <laughs> it's it's problematic because what happens when animals eat it is their bodies can't digest it so their bellies fill up with the plastic and then they can't they don't actually have room for any other food so they starve to death and I think when that happens when we're not careful of what happens with our trash and then it blows into the water we're violating two mitzvot. We're violating Baltashlit and we're violating Sarbali Chaim. So I agree that maybe my kid will feel a little different for having a paper cover on his book instead of a plastic one. But you know what? I don't really care because I am teaching him to take a stand for wasting unnecessarily, against wasting unnecessarily, and I'm teaching him to stand up for what I believe in. And I have to say this, that this particular son of mine has a deep love of animals. And for many, many years, he told me he wanted to be a zookeeper. And when I told him why we have to be careful about how much plastic we use and what happens to plastic many times after we discard it, um, and I showed him pictures of animals that were, had their bellies full of plastic and how they had starved to death, he was heartbroken. 
So yeah, 100%, I think I did the right thing. The same way I wouldn't let my kid eat non-kosher, I don't want him to hurt the earth and I want him to learn how to make good decisions on how to treat the earth and animals. And I want him to be able to learn that it's okay to do something a little bit different, even if it's not popular, when it's the right thing to do. And so, yeah, it was definitely a little bit hard for him. But you want to know, I asked him about it. He had to take a stand against the teacher, it's true. But I asked him about it. He said none of the kids even said anything to him about it. So it's not like it was even a big deal in the end. It was all a big deal in his mind. He thought it was going to be big deal. He thought someone would make fun of him, but nobody even said anything to him. And when I brought it up with his teacher, his teacher said, sure, no problem. That's fine. It was the fact that she wanted the book covered so that it would be protected. That was the issue. And that I totally get. And it doesn't have to be covered in plastic for it to be protected. Now, um, I think that it's important to just, like I said last week, really understand that we are the ones teaching our kids what we want them to know. And this is what I want my kid to know. And so while I totally hear what this lady was saying to me, and she said it so kind and so gently, and I totally wasn't hurt or offended or anything like that. But I, I, I want to be clear that this is important to me because I do think that it's a violation of halacha. And it's clear, plain to see that we have to be more understanding about what our consumer choices do and how they affect the environment. Now, that being said, another lady called me and said, I was obsessed with toilet brushes. And it isn't that I'm obsessed with toilet brushes, although I hear kind of what you're saying. I just thought that it was a great example of how we purchase without thinking through what we need. A lot of people called and said, you don't even have a toilet brush. And I have to say, I got the most feedback on this episode than I have in a while. So I loved it. I loved hearing all the different calls and what you use and what you don't use. A lot of you said you don't have toilet brushes and you clean the toilet with a rag. And that's totally fine, too. I wasn't making a judgment on toilet brushes, but rather... I wanted all of us to be more thoughtful, myself included, about what we purchase. What we decide we actually need in our homes uh, is is something that we, you know, chat with ourselves about. I, I, I mean, I at least do this. When I'm standing at the checkout line, I look over my packages and I'm like, do I need all of this? Is there something that I'm buying here in excess? You know, what am I, what can I live without? What do I really need? Um... I think it's just really important for us to think things through before we consume them. And it, to me, doing this little self-check, do I need this? Do I want this? Is it absolutely necessary? Do I have something else that can, you know, work in its place? For me, doing that is sort of like stopping to say a bracha before I eat. I have to stop to thank God for the food that I'm going to eat, right? So when I make a purchase, I'm stopping to think, do I really need this purchase? Is this part of the bracha, the blessing that Hashem is really giving me? Or is this just unnecessary? And by purchasing this, am I taking away from something else that I could be getting? And this is a really good time for me to point out my theory about 
Rosh Hashanah. So as you know, on Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, God decides if we live, if we die, how we'll die, how much money we'll have, um, if we'll be successful, if we won't be successful, whatever. It's all decided now and in the next few days. And my feelings about what we can have or what we're entitled to, what God will allot us is that when we spend a little time now at the beginning of the year decluttering, getting rid of the things that are broken, that are not useful anymore, that someone else could be using, we open up a space, this, you know, karmic space to receive what God wants to give us and what we can get in the what we can receive, I guess, in the coming year from him. And when we have multiples of something that we don't really need, to me, that sort of holds us back from getting the things that the new things that God wants to give to us. And not all the things that we're going to get from him are things, you know, it could be I don't know, more time or more space or it could be any number of myriad of things. But when we have this um, decluttered space in our homes, it allows us to, in my opinion, receive a little extra blessing from God so that, you know, we have actually the physical space to absorb it. Because here's the thing. Let's say your friend calls you up and said, I did you a favor, but I didn't tell you about it. And I made you um, a cake that needs to be refrigerated for Yom Tov. (laughs) And I really want you to have it. And I also made you a corned beef and I made you a kugel to make it for you. And I didn't want the food to go bad, so I made extra for you. And you're like, wow, that's so nice of you. But I can't accept it because I don't have any room in my refrigerator left because, you know, I didn't know you were going to give this to me. And I made all of these things for Yom Tov and my refrigerator is full, right? I don't have any more room to take something that needs to go in the refrigerator. And so, of course, you could say to your friend, like, could you keep it in your refrigerator for me? But, you know, the point here really is, is you don't have room to accept this food. And it was a gift and someone did something so nice for you. Um, It's the same thing with Hashem. Hashem is going to give you this new blessing, this new bracha for the new year. Where are you going to put it? (laughs) Do you have actual physical space to accept what he's going to give you. And um, it very often happens where I have um, clients who want to get pregnant or trying, trying, trying to have a baby. And they clean up their homes. They clean out all the excess. They really get clarity. They get clear. And they have a baby in a year. (laughs) And I'm not saying like it's a magical panacea for having that. All I'm saying is that Now they had the space to actually have a baby because before they didn't even have the space to put a crib or a cradle, even a bassinet in their room. And now they made the space for it. And I think that that's really important. We want these things to come to us. We want, 
you know, we're asking God to give us all these gifts. And if Chaya Hinda taught me anything, it's that Hashem can give us whatever we want. And it's true. I really believe that Hashem can give us whatever we want. Uh, whatever we ask for, if it's the right thing for us, I think that we can give it. He'll give it to us. And, and you know, of course, we don't get everything we want, but I'm getting off track. The point is, is that Hashem is capable of being able to give us everything and anything that we want. But if we don't have the space to accept it, the physical, physical space to accept it, then how are we going to accept it? <laughs> it's like the refrigerator that's full of food when our friend gives us a gift. We sometimes have to turn things down because we just don't have the room, the space. And we can think of that from like an organizational perspective in terms of time too. Sometimes we have something we really, really want to do, but we have so many other things on our plate that we just can't do that one thing, even though everybody's asking us to do that. And so now is the time to clear out the excess. Clear your schedule, clear your house, clear your stuff. It doesn't matter what you need clearing on. Just get it clear so that 5779 can be an organized year. Now, for some of us who have like, I don't know, sick children, sick parents, we're sick ourselves, we have health issues, we have financial issues, we have other issues, we have all these things, it seems like, you know, it may not be a good time to do that. But finding clarity is, it's always a good time to try and find clarity. And I just, I can't stress enough that clearing extra space just gives us more room. It gives us more room for blessing. It gives us more room for clear thoughts. It gives us more room to do the things we want and to get the things we want. And I'm not I'll just bring it on back to the toilet brush, but I'm not really overly concerned with the toilet brush in and of itself, but rather the the concept of having more than we really need. And this brings me to my last point for today. And just stay with me till the very end because I also have a point I want to make at the end. But um, the, the last thing I want to say is that I know that some of you live... Yes. And I have one client who feels more centered and more productive when all of her stuff is around her and her desk is a mess. And people always say to me, well, Albert Einstein once said, if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what then is an empty desk a sign? And I think that many people assume the answer is an empty head, right? But I would like to suggest this. I think it means when you have an empty desk, it means that your mind is at peace, your mind is clear, and you can figure out the next stage. But I also think that there's more than just the black and white between having a cluttered desk and having an empty desk. And I think that there, neither of them necessarily means that you're organized and you have an organized desk. What, what I think is there and what I want to suggest is that the organized desk doesn't necessarily have to be empty, but it doesn't have to be overly full. It could be theoretically full, but it doesn't have to be. But in an organized desk, you're able to find whatever you need because everything has a home in an organized desk. You don't have to think about, you know, where it kind of, once you make the home for it, it's always going to live there. You, you have only what you need on an organized desk, and that makes having things 
or finding things rather, much easier and faster. I am reminded of a pegboard that I saw that had tools hanging from it in a garage and all the tools had all the the pegboard where the tool went had an outline of the tool around it. And to me that was like really a great visual reminder of this is where this tool goes. <laughs> and it shows you that everything really does have a place. And to me when everything has a place on your desk, even if it's slightly chaotic, it makes your life a lot easier. And honestly, can you honestly look inside your soul here for a minute and really answer me with honestly, how much time do you spend looking for misplaced items? It doesn't matter if it's the keys or your stapler or your pens or a knife in the kitchen. When those things have designated spaces, you can function on a better, higher, more premium level. Now, if your papers aren't all sorted, and I'll be honest, sometimes I have unsorted papers on my desk, that's okay. I don't really find that as troubling as not knowing where to put exactly where my pen is, where my scissors go, where the tape, uh, the tape thingy, what's it called? The tape dispenser, right? Where the tape dispenser sits on your desk. It's important that you get out whatever garbage is there and only keep what you actually need. And this way, it's going to be a lot easier for you to find things. The key is to get out what you don't need and just have only what you need. And for me, that's that's the most premium way of survival. You can't be organized, you know, 100% of the time with everything perfectly situated all the time. No, that's not normal. That's not life. Things get chaotic. Um, and for those of you who like organized chaos, okay. But please, this year, make it the year to give your items a place to live. Give everything in your house a real home because I think you'll find that it's going to make your life a lot easier. Get rid of the trash and give everything a place to live. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today on the Journey to Organization podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate us and also share with your friends so that more people can find out about the Journey to Organization podcast. You can connect with me on social media and join the Facebook group Organizing in Israel, which you don't have to live in Israel to join and keep me posted on your success stories there. One last thing before I go. A lady contacted me and said she didn't understand why I closed out my episodes with Hashemized. And so I wanted to just take this opportunity to remind you. I know that sometimes you stand in your kitchen and you say to yourself, where do I even start? It all feels so overwhelming. And it doesn't have to be your kitchen. It could be your bedroom or your living room or even your car. Where do I start to clean this out and get it organized, clear out the excess, and how do I start to give everything a home, right? So if you use the mantra, Hashem keeps me organized, or like me, Hashem is taking care of this for me, or even... If you say to yourself, I got this, I got this, I got, I can do this, I got this, right? And repeat to yourself over, repeat it to yourself over and over and over again. It makes it a lot easier to start the task at hand. Anywhere, just starting it is a lot easier when you can say, hold on, I've got this, I've got this, I can do this. I'm just going to pick up something and make a decision about it. So for me, I think... 
saying Hashem keeps me organized is good because it gives the control away. It, it says, I don't need to be in control of this. Hashem's taking care of it for me. I'm just going to get started and do the best that I can. I don't, I don't need to be in control and I can just relax. Um, and as I told you, I say for myself, Hashem's taking care of because I'm a little bit type A and it really helps me relax and, and, you know, get my mind straight and start and allow me to focus on the task at hand. You guys should say whatever feels right to you, but find yourself a mantra, something that you can repeat to center yourself and calm yourself when you're faced with this overwhelming task of decluttering or starting to cook for Yom Tov or, you know, starting a big project or whatever it is, it always helps to just, whoa, take a step back, say, I've got this. Hashem's taking care of it for me. Hashem's keeping me organized. Whatever feels right to you, say that, but find something to say because I do find that it really does help keep you centered and focused. So I'm wishing everybody a happy, sweet, and organized year. I'm going to try to keep broadcasting throughout the Chagim, so stay tuned. And don't forget to let me know if you have any questions. And happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.